Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Culture Capture Spotlight Podcast. Today, I'm being joined by the producer, Nate Got Smoke. Say what's good. Oh, yeah, you're good. What's good, bro? <laughs> um, dude, thanks for sitting down with me today. Um, we've been trying to schedule this shit for a minute now. Um, yeah. Before we were even a podcast, um, I met you. How, how old are you, 18 or 19? Uh, right now I'm 19. Yeah. So when I met you, you were de- I think you were 18. Um, yeah. And just super super talented. Tell people the kind of style who may not know. Like tell people the kind of style beats you make, what you do. Um. Um. This man, the style beats. I I really want to say I'm like all over the place. Really, it's kind of like before you know when I like first started and everything it was really just like a lot of hard trap stuff. But I kind of try to do everything you know. Yeah. Um, and you're an engineer too, right? Yeah. Okay. So when did you start the uh, engineering? I didn't. I didn't know you until you told me that you engineer. So when did you start doing that? Yeah. So like two summers ago. Um, yeah, like two summers ago, uh, my little homie from high school, uh, his name's Sleepy. He's my artist now. Uh, basically, I found out that he was like, you know, pretty good at rapping or whatever. I was like, oh, like I want to get you in the studio, but at the time I didn't have a studio, and uh. I forgot how, but I met uh, one of my dad's homies, his name's White Boy. He let me use his studio for a bit, so I started bringing Sleepy there. And I didn't know how to use Pro Tools at all. It was kind of just like, you know, uh, testing every button to see like how to record and everything. And uh, I started using this dude Strong's template uh, until I eventually, you know, got signed to private stock and everything. Um, my boy Mikey gave me his template, which I started like learning and everything is a lot easier. Uh, and um, just started taking sessions from there. Last summer, we had this like summer, like this camp thing at the studio. Had people like Elgato, we had Holiday in there. We had, you know, my boy Kosha and Sleaze. Uh, we were having sessions with them. I was trying to engineer. I wasn't too good at the time. Uh, but really, it was really just me practicing with my artist. You know, he. He was getting free studio time, and I was just, you know, giving him free sessions. So it, that's kind of just how I learned, pretty much. Yeah, that's raw. And you mentioned something about your dad there. Um, did he kind of help you get started and show you kind of the ropes a little bit? Or how, how did you get your foot in the door with, you know, music and, and specifically, like, producing? So when my dad, uh, when my dad was young, you know, he had me at 18, and my mom had me at 18. So... You know they're pretty young and uh you know when he was my age like he was in high school his all his homies rapped you know my dad raps too but he was never like when he was younger he was never really in the rap scene he was more like on the business side so he was like trying to get his boys deals you know what i'm saying setting up shows or paying for studio time or whatever mm-hmm. um because you know he believed in like his little group um unfortunately you know it didn't work out you know he had me um people split up things happen you know what i'm saying and um yeah i mean when uh i could like i want i told him i wanted to make beats and everything and he kind of you know put me in a position to win he was like you know him and my mom uh were getting stuff for me you know he gave me a laptop uh they, they got me like the mpc drum pad thing uh it got me my like my, my first set of speakers uh so yeah I would, you know obviously shout out to my parents for like helping me out really getting me started because without them you know i wouldn't I wouldn't be making beats, you know what I'm saying? No, but that's kind of raw because it's like your dad knows exactly what to get your ass. You know what I mean? It's not like right, you yeah. know you have to like kind of have that 
period, I guess, when you're new at anything in life where it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go, like, make this ton of mistakes. Like, you had someone kind of right from the jump who, you know, has seen a lot of the sides of, like, the business of it and the talent of it. So that's pretty cool, bro. Um, yeah. So you also say, you you know, you're signed to private stock. Um, but, like, before you got to that point where, like, you know, you were getting signed by a studio, you know, out here in Chicago, for those who don't know, um, like, you know, how long have you been producing for? Like, you know, try and put a year to it. Like, how when did you first sit down and say, shit, yeah, like, you know, this could become, like, a legitimate career for me? Yeah, so I really started taking, like, producing serious, I want to say around eighth grade. Um, so that was, like, that's like five or six years ago. Um, but before that, like, I was really just on this one website making beats, and that's kind of where my dad was like, oh, like, you know, because I was getting viruses on the computer and everything. So it was like, you know, we're not going to do that. Uh, I'm just going to get you started. So once I got, like, FL, like, in eighth grade, like, I was really just, you know, locking in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when I really, really started taking it serious, because I really just loved making beats. Like, it was fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though, like, the beats, the quality wasn't there, like, I was really enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, all these 808 Mafia vlogs were out, and you would hear something from there. You'd be like, man, I want to make something like that. And you go try and do it. And um, I really just didn't take it super serious until, like, sophomore year where I was like, man, like, a lot of people haven't rapped in my beats yet. Like, I want to, you know, up the quality and, like, get people on it and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, yeah, you just mentioned, like, 808 Mafia and, and stuff like that. Like, who who are some – were they, like, an inspiration to you? Um, oh, they big time, yeah. Like, talk about some kind of inspos that you've had, like, you know, because you're still on the younger side. So, like, I'm sure a couple years ago, like, you, you definitely had some, some huge, huge, like, you know, inspos in the game. Like, who, who, are, who are some of those people for you that really stand out? And really, like, ever since, like, you know, I first started making beats, it was always 808 Mafia first, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would watch the vlogs where they're just in the studio, like, in Southside's getting a haircut, TMAA's just cooking in the other room, you know what I'm saying? Um, or, like, Narden Beat Cookups, I used to watch those a lot. Um, but, yeah, really, mostly, I would say, it's just, like, 808 Mafia and, like, watching Arab music uh, on the NPCs. Um, but, yeah, bro, it was those studio vlogs that were just, like, man, like, because at the time, you know, I wasn't going to the studio. So it was, like, every, the studio was just, like, super new to me at the time. So, like, seeing them in this huge studio with these huge speakers, I'm over here at my house with, like, one speaker. You know, it was like, damn, like, I can't wait for that, you know? Yeah. And, like, would you, I mean, would you say 808 Mafia and, like, Southside specifically, would you say they're kind of the best trap producers right now in the game? Man, right now, there's, man, there's so many, like, great, you know, producers. Um, especially, you know, Southside's definitely going to, he's talking about retiring soon. Um, but, man, a lot of these uh, young kids, they're coming up right now. Uh, definitely um, going crazy. Yeah. Um, so you're a part of Global Cartel. Yeah. Let's, I don't want to, I want you to do it justice. Like, pitch to me what, yeah, I already know you know, but for those listening, tell them what, what Global Cartel is and, and, you know, who's involved with it, how it started, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, um, 
I want to say like last early last year like beginning of covid maybe or before that a little bit uh uh, I want to say my boy Basil, he had DM'd me, and it was after I won, like, this little beat battle thing online, it was one of Trippy's contests, and he was like, yo, like, your your beats are crazy, like, you want to join this collective, and I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm down, I, I didn't know what that was at the time, you know, I just knew uh, Overlord Mafia, that was the only collective I knew, uh, there's, like, community-based like that, so I joined, it was me, Basil, uh, Ice Melodies, my boy Kavi, uh, trying to think of like the oh my boy uh what's it uh proof some there's a couple other people that were like first in there uh mostly like the people in there are from all like Germany mostly Europe and stuff uh really just only a couple homies out here like in the U S uh, so it was cool you know like we all just talked and kept adding more people um, that's why we call it a global cartel because there's like you know, we got people in Australia, we got people in Hungary, we got people in Germany, uh, Russia. We got my boy Henny signed to 808 Mafia. Uh, my boy Dylan down in Florida. Tavi's in LA. Like, it, we're all over the place. Yeah, that's that's wild. I didn't realize it was so quite literally global in the sense where it's like you got motherfuckers across Europe. Um, yeah. And multiple different countries. Well, that's really raw. And, like, kind of tell people some of the placements that, like, Private Stock has collected. Uh, how long has it been running? Like, two years now? Three years? Man, Private Stock's been around for a minute, I want to say. Not Private Stock, Global Cartel, though. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I want it, it was a year this year. Early this year, I'm pretty sure. Cool. Cool. So, so like, what are some of the placements um, people have kind of, like, racked up in the group in the last, like, year? In Global, right? Yes. Um, so, some of the placements we got, uh, we got some Jirabo stuff with Henny. Uh, my boy Razy with the Oomph Oomph stuff. He signed a YSL. Uh, Fano's got some stuff with Uzi. Uh, we got the Fast and the Furious placement with Tor- uh, with. Tory Lanez and Kevin Gates Crunch and Baso. Um, also on Tory Lanez tape, we got Baso on Rod Wave. Um, bunch of crazy stuff. Higher and higher with Belden. Yeah, or, it's it's a big uh, list. The one was Belden, it's a big list in just a short year. Um, yeah. Is the group like like the people in the group? Are they uh, the other members? Are they like around your age, or is it like you got people that are like you know twenty five, and you got people that are like fifteen, sixteen? You know what I mean? Like, what does that look like in terms of like the whole dynamic of it? Yeah. So mostly everyone in there is like around the same age. I want to say like late teens. Um, the youngest we got is Gabe. He's from Australia. He's like fourteen or fifteen. Uh, he's okay. crazy on the car. Um, and I think the oldest one we got in there is my boy Fano. He's a graphic designer for YSL. Uh, he did the that Young Thug tape where it's like Young Thug's face. I forgot what it, I forgot the name of it. Uh, so much fun. Yeah, yeah, that one. He did that. Um, he's like twenty something. But yeah, bro, I, I want to say like everyone's kind of between like that 14, 20, like twenty three maybe. That's cool. That's wild, man. Um, let's talk about like your specific placements a little bit. Um, I know released, you got the Pyrex placement. That was like, was that like your first, um, big placement? Would you like your first, like major, you know, artist placement? Uh, it was more cool for me because everyone 
you know, that's like in the producer community knew who that was, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people make Pyrex type beats, you know? So it was cool because I, you know, I barely started making melodies like late last year. So when I really locked in with Pyrex, it was like a cool thing for it to drop, you know? Yeah, and how did it how did it come about? Like, was it a did you go in person to a session? Was it just kind of like exchanging stuff through email? Yeah, it was a it was an email thing. I was actually on like vacation, uh, and I had sent like I was making beats. I was bored. I was in Michigan. Uh, I was making some beats at like two in the morning, and uh, I made a couple of melodies. I was really new to like making loops and everything, so I didn't have a lot of like you know sauce. Um, so I made a couple of loops and I sent them through to his email. I forgot how I got his email. Uh, and then like two days later, I'm back at home and I wake up and my boy texts me. He's like, yo, like Pirates was making beats with your loops on live. I was like, no way. And it was like on YouTube and everything. And I DM'd him and I was like, yo, like, you know, I appreciate you using the loops. Like, can I send more through? He was like, yeah, let's lock in. Follow me and everything. Um, Damn. But yeah, that's that's really how I got like first locked in with Pirates. That's super raw, man. Um, that's super crazy. So you you found out through homies, and then like you saw it all on like YouTube. Yeah. No, that's super cool, man. So, um, you know, you also have one with Rocky Fresh, uh, K Camp, Drippy. Um, you got unreleased placements with Tory Lanes, The Holiday, uh, Nebu Kaninza. Uh, yeah. Chevy Woods and yeah, Gotti. Like, how 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 are these coming about for you? I mean, obviously, don't you don't gotta you know expose your secrets per se, but you know how how, nah. how have you been moving so uh, so swiftly? You know what I mean? And like, when do you kind of hope some of these are gonna drop? Like, do you got names for some of the songs? Do you know like any of the names for these? Um, so with Tori, it's uh through my boy Ricky, bro. Uh, Ricky P is a diamond engineer. Uh, he engineered uh, See You Again by Charlie Puth and Wiz Khalifa. He's, he's Taylor Gang, so he, you know, he does all the Wiz's stuff. Uh, he did Bake Sale with Travis and Wiz. Um, uh, he's, he's the GOAT, man. I, I went out to L.A. for my first time last October, and uh, I met him, and, bro, he showed me nothing but love. Let me slide in his studio, you know what I'm saying? We cooked up a few times. Uh, we really just locked in. I got his number, and we would FaceTime all the time. And, um... He told me to send some beats, and I, I sent him some. I sent him, like, this guitar beat. Me and my boy Flip, he lives out in Asia somewhere. I forgot where. Um, but the next day, he FaceTimes me. He starts playing the record. He's like, yeah, Tory Lane's got on this with me and Sosa, man. And I was like, damn. So it was really Ricky that put me in the position for uh, the Tory song. And also, he uh, got the Chevy placement for me, too. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> Um, and you said uh, your Ricky P is a part of like Taylor Gang and stuff. Is he out in Pittsburgh where like Taylor Gang's headquartered? Uh, nah. Uh, he he was he's from there, yeah, but he lives in LA now. He's got his uh, he's got his studio there called Kush Factory. Cool, cause I don't know if you've heard of like ID Labs, but that's like um, that's where Wiz recorded like the album Bake Sales on, um, and like. I don't know if you've heard of E. Dan, but he, I think he, he's like a guy who's a part of like those albums as well. Like he's one of the dudes who mixed it. Um, so. Yeah. I, what Ricky told me was he was like, a, I think it was in Paramount or something. And he was just telling me like a funny story, how like he was like super nervous to record Travis and everything. And Liz was like, you know, just looking at him like, you know, let's get it done. And yeah, bro, he, you know, he's a super cool guy. Uh, 
super humble, put me in a lot of great positions. Yeah, bro. Um, kind of to go into more detail about some of the positions you've kind of been in. Like, you've been moving to L. You've been not like you don't, you know, <laughs> you've been traveling to L.A. a lot. Um, I see you out there from time to time locking in in studio sessions. Uh, you, you, you know, JJ, uh, who, was, yeah. who was on here. Uh, his episode just dropped um, at the time we're recording this. So, you know, go into detail about how you're meeting like the younger producers that people don't know about, but are just like that are right there in the scene, and you know, the guys at the top too. Yeah. So, um, man, really, bro, it's it's all Instagram, man. Like, you know, I I met JJ through Instagram. I I forgot like our first couple of DMs, but uh, we had locked in, and uh, my first time going out to LA, or actually my second time. Uh, was when I, you know, I, I linked up with JJ. I slid up uh, in one of his boys' cribs, and uh, we were cooking up for a bit. And uh, I had him come to Kush Factory with me. Uh, he met Ricky P for the first time. Uh, me, it was me, him, my boy Max Kruger. Uh, we cooked up for like the next two days. Uh, my last day there, we all cooked up, and it was like our boy Critic Kelly, uh, Ricky, a bunch of his homies. It, we was like thirty of us in the studio. It was man, it was just like it was vibes. Um, but yeah, bro, mostly like Instagram. Uh, my homie Bristow is out in LA. He's crazy. Uh, he's part of his own little collective called Paradigm. Uh, it's all like underground producers. They're all like super versatile. Um, but yeah. And like, I you, even, you just kind of created Instagram for being, you know, the source of where you can meet new people and find new shit. Um, yeah. I know what, what I do, Instagram is like, is really important as a tool, not necessarily as like a source to like, you know, post. Um, but for you being a producer, like how much of it is almost like a, you know, resume or like an active resume that people interact with? Like, would you say that's accurate? Uh, for Instagram? Yeah. Uh, you know, people post their credits and stuff. Uh, you could check out like what kind of beats they make. That's why I keep some snippets up. Like you can see what kind of beats I make if you want to work. We could do stuff like that or whatever. Um, you know, you, yeah, you look at people's credits, their sounds, uh, uh, people check, you know, people's followers, say that they have someone that they're close with that you want to work with, you could DM them, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I would say Instagram's like, I don't know, it's like the way you market yourself kind of like determines like, um, how people approach you, I guess. Mm. And like... You know, do you find yourself in a position where, like, a lot of people are hitting your line first, or are you hitting a lot of people's lines? Obviously, you have a manager, too. Um, so, like, obviously, he plays a role in what you do. What, what's your manager's name again? Uh, his name's Hersa. Shout out to Hersa. Um, yeah. Hopefully, future guest on the pod. Um, yes, sounds sir. like he does some dope shit. So, you know, how much of it is about, like, having a team you know, behind the curtain, you know, off the phone, and then how much of it is really, like, looking out for, like, the right matchup, you know, not, matchups probably isn't the right word, but the right fit in terms of, like, yeah, I can really get down with what bro's putting out or whatever. Um, you know, I work with, uh, like, the people that are, you know, with, at Private Stock with me, uh, my boy Flex, my boy Icon, Ignite, um, my boy Mikey, you know, they really put, um, we just work really well together, you know? So it's like, if they might know somebody that I, I want to work with, or I, I know someone they want to work with, you know what I'm saying? And we just work together to do that. Um, it's like, 
probably one of the best things about having a team behind you is like you know the my favorite thing is like the la trips you know we all go super deep to la um and we we you know go to pull up to different sessions together uh like icon you know plug yourself with his boy legion he does stuff for brent fias um he does stuff for pop smoke flex is locked in with saba um you know, and me, I, I want to say I'm more just like the Instagram guy, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I, I talk to Flex about all the time. Is He's like, man, like, you're just so locked in on, like, the Instagram side. But he's got, like, the in-person stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I get it. I mean, yeah, everybody moves different. You know what I mean? Like, everyone kind of puts together a different way. Um, you know, earlier you were talking about, um, I forget you were answering one of my questions. You said something about you entered a trippy red like beat contest and you won the beat contest and that's how you got. Oh, no, nah, that wasn't trippy red. It's uh this producer trippy. Okay, okay, yeah, no, it's my fault. Um, no, that's cool. But what was what was the what was that? You know what I mean? Was that like just some stuff where you know you were just trying to make a name for yourself still and just trying to like pave your way? Yeah, I was trying to. I was really just trying to get like some new followers and stuff. Uh, it was like you got like a fifty dollar prize if you won. So I was like, you know, sure. Uh, it was cool because you got to make just beats you want to really send out to artists, like beats with like crazy switch ups and they got drops and stuff. Um, it, it was cool to you know you get to see people react to like your beat or the other person to see who wins the round. It was like a bracket sort of deal. It was cool. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, what are um, some other things you do? Like, do you sell, like, loot packs and stuff? Like, do you kind of put some of your product available for people to just, you know, pick up no matter who it is? Yeah, so um, la I want to say, like, around last May was when I first started making samples. Uh, you know, I locked in with Pyrex, and he was using my loop, so it gave me, like, a little bit of credibility uh, for people to, you know, want to buy some. Uh so I started dropping like loop kits uh, on my pay hip. It's in my bio. Um, I started dropping a couple loop kits there. Uh, it was really new to me, like doing kits and stuff, because like I've only seen like you know internet money and all them doing kits, like you know those kind of teams. Uh, so it was it was weird uh, doing stuff like that. I've never you know put together things like that, but uh, you know a lot of them actually started selling. So I was like, you know, this is a cool little source of income uh, I'm making these melodies it's it's cool you know it makes you want to get better obviously you know people are paying for the quality so it makes you want to get better at making them what's your uh, what's your like favorite part about what you do in, in terms of like you know the process or you know watching stuff get placed releasing you know what what are like some of the favorite like you know I don't, I don't want to say qual yeah I guess qualities of, of being a producer man um, I really love the community, bro. Like, just having like random people like across the world that you're cool with, you know, that you lock in with. Uh, you know, they might have a bunch of placements, you and you might have none. You guys get along, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, they're humble and everything. Or like, really, I just man, I just love music, bro. Like, ever since I was a kid, like, my parents always, you know, put me around like really good music. So I feel like when I was growing up, like, I always, like, loved the beats, you know, I always used to listen to certain music just for the beats, so I kind of feel like that's just, you know, drove the passion for the music a little more, 
Mm. And what what kind of music were you listening to growing up? Like, what did your did your parents have a lot of like hip hop and rap on, or were you? Yeah, just, they okay. were like you know, they, my mom was like eighteen with this huge Navigator and it had sounds and it was crazy. My dad had this like same damn thing when I was growing up. He had a Range Rover with the sounds and it was music super loud all the time. So it was you know I was always around it. See, yeah, it kind of seems like it was a no-brainer. That's what you. <laughs> that's what you were yeah. gonna pursue. Um, yeah. Did you do you listen to a lot of like older stuff too? Like, do they play like stuff from seventies, eighties? Like, is it is it really just like hip hop and rap, or is it like other genres too? Like, how do you how do you personally so, feel about that? So my dad listens to like everything. Like, my dad's I think one of my dad's favorite artists is like Coldplay. Uh, he also really loves Jay Z, but he also loves Future. So it's like, <laughs> he's all over the place. My mom listens to everything. She's, you know, she loves like uh, rock. Uh, she loves rap. She loves R&B. She loves all that stuff. So it's kind of like, I feel like that's where I, I don't really mind, you know, any kind of music. I like, I like all the music. What do you, what do you go to the most though? You know, like when uh, it's just yourself and you're like, yeah, I'm just trying to listen to music and, you know, be a person. <laughs> Um, yeah, probably, probably just like rap, R&B. Are you honest. are you gravitating towards like the SoundCloud guys, or are you more into like the trap rap? Like what you know, all of it. What is your what's your blend? Honestly, it's like it like depends what I'm doing. Like, say I'm like in the car, you know, with my boys. Like, I want to play like some SoundCloud, you know, the underground rappers that are coming up right now. Um, or if I'm like just chilling in bed, like I might want to listen to you know some maybe something i produced is you know in my notes or something like that you know um but mostly it's for the most part it's rap uh but yeah like like i said it just depends like where i'm at or like what's the vibes at that time you know yeah how often do you find yourself going back and listening to like your own stuff that you've made uh i want to say it's like when i'm bored like if i want like inspiration um you know I got a lot of songs just sleeping, so it's like he raps on, you know, a lot of my beats. So it's like I listen to that, and I'm like, okay, um, if he sounded good on this, uh, maybe another person would sound good on that, and I'd make beats for that. And it's it's kind of like an inspiration thing, just listening to your own stuff and hearing anyone rap on it, you know, no matter who it is. Um, yeah, that's, that's who are who are some of SoundCloud rappers that you think are really like on the come up right now? Um, I would say, obviously, you know, those, uh, like the younger kids, you know, SSG Kobe, uh, Baby Santana, um, Cash Dummy. I've had Cash Dummy on, like, Snapchat for, like, three years, because my cousin sent them to me, and it's so funny just watching them grow up, because he was, like, 13. Mm. Um, let me see, who else? You know, obviously, there's guys like, uh, let me look through my SoundCloud. This guy's like Yeet. Uh, Yeet's he's probably fire. My, yeah, I just, he's probably I literally my just got put right on to Yeet like two weeks ago. Um, yeah. Do you listen to Pasco Flacco? Uh, I've had one song on there, I, but after that, I, I didn't really listen to too much. I haven't listened to anything new. He, it was like an older song. Yeah, he's one of my favorites, and like he he really fucks with him. So that's that's how I um that's how I found out about it. So, or I found yeah, out about my, my homie first though put me on the heat. Is it is it a space like um that you want to try and 
make your way into at some point is working with these guys on SoundCloud that are that are blowing up? Uh, definitely. You know, I'm man. I'm I'm really down to work with you know anyone uh, as long as they're like genuine. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been in some sessions. It's like people are there, and it's like you even like music. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how did you even become a rapper? And it's like they you know i just i really like humble people you know what i'm saying i like uh i like people that really just love music they're not just doing it because it's cool or like because they think it's cool you know what i'm saying yeah. uh because there's a lot of guys like that where they just like the image you know uh personally i'm not a big fan of that i, I just love music for what it is so it's, i kind of get a different vibe in those sessions than i would with someone who like genuinely appreciates like art you know what i'm saying hell yeah no because i've I mean, I've been around you, I've been in your sessions, you know, and it's like you're a guy that's like not like a, you know, focus on the camera at all, focus on anything other than just like, you know, your the keys in front of you, the, your screen, right. your monitors, yeah. and the guy in the booth. Um, and it's like, you know, I really respect that you got a lot of different people in the industry, excuse me, especially the younger people that like, you know, they really care about like the spotlight, the, the, the like, the, the factor of like, Oh, I need to try and make this pop, 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 pop. But you, I feel like you kind of just focus on like, like you said, being that like a good person, paying your respects to the people you're with, and like, you know, just making people feel valued for the time they put in. You know. Yeah. Um, you know how much of it is about like when you're working with people like you know all levels with you like how much of it is about making sure you're kind of understanding the person you're working with you know what i mean it's not just like you know hey here's a beat go ahead and get on it you know or is it like yeah that for you? you know what i mean like kind of just you know no so uh i just i feel like as a producer you should know what like a song's supposed to sound like you know what i'm saying so like when you're in the like you're recording somebody um and they make a mistake i'm not gonna let them pass it up you know because mm -hmm. i this if it's my beat, obviously you know i want it to sound good uh, I feel like um, that's kind of some things that some engineers, like, they don't really care about. It's if they're just taking a session, you know, they want to get through the session. Uh, if someone messes up and, you know, they might not care, you know, they might tell them, like, that was cool, keep going. Uh, but I'm really, like, a perfectionist with that because I, I don't like when people, like, do a note a certain way, right? I'll, I'll let them know. Uh, and, you know, I hope that they don't get their feelings hurt, you know? I'm like, you know, I just want the song to sound good. Uh, I just feel like sometimes things just sound a certain way, so I, I, I try my best to correct them. Like, you know, politely, uh, if they, there's something wrong, or if I feel like they could do it again even better. Uh, I feel like that's why, like, with most of the artists I work with, like, we have such a good relationship is because I'll always be straight up with them. Mm. And um, you were talking about, like, the community earlier, you know, like the producing community. Um you know go into detail more about where you think that's heading in terms of like just overall the future of like producing and how producers kind of come up nowadays versus maybe how they did in like 2018 or 2020 or 2019 um you know go into detail yeah. about that so i really wasn't into like the instagram producer community until last year because uh, before that, I was kind of trying to find my way around Instagram. I didn't get Instagram till I was like a freshman in high school. Uh, and I didn't know, like, I was like, you know, I'd post like pictures of there, like being my homies. And I'm like, why would I post beats on here? Like, who's going to look at that, you know? Because I, I didn't know there was such, just such a huge, like, 
community on Instagram. Um, so like once, like last year, once I joined Global, I was really understanding like, okay, you post some beat snippets, somebody might want to buy a beat. Or you could post like some loops and maybe somebody wants to lock in with you. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like you could post a placement and someone might hit you up and be like, yo, that's fire. Like we could work on somebody for that person or something for that person. Um, I like the Instagram community and I, and I don't, uh, you know, cause it's, you know, there's obviously people that like, you know, put other people down. I don't like that, but there's also people that help uplift other producers, you know what I'm saying? Or help put them in a better position. Like say they get scammed out of some credits. They're like, you know, I feel like that's really something that all the producers come together and they're like, you know, we need to get this fixed for this person because how, you know, if that were to happen to me, I would expect the same thing, you know? Mm. Um, totally. And it's like, I don't know. I don't think people realize like how big <laughs> the online community and just the overall like rap scene space is. Um, oh yeah. Because it's like, you don't just have like other producers and managers. Like you have the artists, you have the fans of each artist. You have the fans of just music in general. You have the A&Rs, you have the people who do PR, you know what I mean? Right. Um, you have agents, you know, it's just like, it's a huge space, you know, of people that really take this shit seriously. And then there's a huge side of it too, where it's just people are constantly taking the content in. And I think that's, that's where you see more of the toxicity. Like, I don't think it comes from as many people in the industry. I think it more or less comes from the people that like, can be taking it in. Um, and don't understand sometimes like how exhausting and like draining this business can get um do you ever feel like do you ever get to the point where like sometimes you're just creatively like drained and you know you just need that like rest or that like all right man i gotta like you know close the fucking pro tools for three days or something like that like do you ever kind of hit that mentally or nah yeah dude it happens all the time like Lately, knock on wood, I gotta fly. Yeah, lately, knock on wood, I've been really locked in. Uh, I've been making a lot of beats, not a lot of loops though. Uh, ever since my computer broke, but I'm getting it fixed though. But Damn. I haven't been at the studio for the past like two months because it flooded. Uh, so they were getting, uh, they were redoing the floor and everything. But uh, yeah, there's definitely been times where like you know me and Sleepy will hit the studio and we'll do an overnight. Like we do them all the time. You know, you guys were there or we did overnight. Yeah, right. Um, and we'll be in there from like 8 p.m. to like 12 p.m. the next morning. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we'll sleep for like four hours, but like mostly to like four, five, even seven in the morning, we're just recording and. Sometimes you get there and you, you record an idea and you're like, okay, we didn't like that one. So we'll start another one and you might just leave the studio with one song and it's not even that good. And it's like that kind of, you know, it puts you in like a weird, weird state. Uh, I feel like after I do those overnights, I can't really make a lot of beats for the next like three days just because you feel so like either something sounds so boring or like, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But those breaks is like, it's something you need because you come back from those breaks and you might make like the hardest beat you've made in like a couple months, you know? Well, cause most things when you're working, I mean, it's hard to find something to like stimulate to, I feel like mentally to keep going, but especially when you're in a studio because it's dark, yeah. it's serious. It's people trying to lock into their heads, trying to be creative. And like, right. again, when you, you know, 
kind of like fishing, I feel like. When you go out and you try and catch, you know, five fish and you come back with one or zero, like, your ass isn't going fishing for a while. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, like, I, you know, I credit people who do the over. Like, how often, I mean, do you do the overnights prior to when private stock completely flooded? Uh, man, we would usually do them, like, once every few weeks. Uh, it would, like, you know, it'd have to... It just had to make sense. Like, it'd be a day where the studio wasn't going to be busy at night or super busy the next morning. So, like, like uh, like during the week. Um, but, it, yeah, it was, like, I want to say it was, like, once every couple weeks or, like, a couple times a month. Uh, but, yeah, dude, it, I, I had to stop doing them for a while because, like, there was a time where, like, we did, like, two of them in, like, a month and didn't make anything, you know? There's, uh, you know, there's months where we don't make music at all. I might just be making beats or... I'm not really making beats, but we're recording a lot of songs. And it, it, you get you get kind of tired, you know. You get a little drained just doing both at the same time. Like, uh, especially if you're like, sometimes you need to, you just need to change the scenery or something. That's why you know I love going to LA is because it's so new to me, mm-hmm. uh, and you're you're always somewhere new, you're always meeting new people. So it's like it, you you have that kind of motivating you to stay in there, you know. Yeah, I guess, like, you're more hungry in a little bit of ways because it's, like, damn, new place, new spot. It ain't home base. Right, yeah. Have you done the New York thing yet, or have you gone down to Miami or Atlanta? Like, those are, I feel like those are the other, like, three really popular yeah, cities besides I, us in L.A. Yeah, I've been really, uh, I, I've really just been focused on L.A. I do want to go to Atlanta. I got a lock in with Pyrex, uh, my boy DJ Plug. I got a couple other homies out there, uh, then down in Miami, I got my boy Dylan. I make a lot of my loops with him. Uh, I got some Spanish plays out there. And in New York, too, my boy Mikey plugged me up with uh, his boy Buddha, who's like, man, he's like a fucking mentor. Uh, taught, taught me a lot of great things, connected me to a lot of cool people. You know what I'm saying? He's like a big hip-hop producer out there. He's worked with fucking Dave East, a uh, bunch of huge people out there. Um, but uh, New York... I, I do want to go. I've just been kind of saving it for last, really. It's, it's. I just feel like I'm, I'm in a different lane at the moment. Um, that's why I really just been focused on LA and like I do want to do it Atlanta soon. But uh, I definitely want to go everywhere, bro. Mm. Uh, it's just kind of finding time, uh, especially now that like I'm working and everything. Right. Uh, it's finding time, uh, saving up money, you know. Of course, bro. Yeah. Um, what? happened to private stock that's that's i gotta know what what went down like why did it what how the flood happened sure i have no idea i think it was like a pipe and it like exploded or something and i think someone went and it was just flooded like water everywhere and it was bad so i, I didn't i didn't get to see but they said it was bad so tell the tell the listeners about like the um like a little bit of history about private stock just kind of what it is yeah, so uh, I'm really new there still. I've only been there a year now. Um, but um, Private Stock really was just like one of, one of the first few studios I've been to out here. Uh, it's a pretty well-established studio. Uh, it's inside Fort Knox. It's just like a huge like warehouse, different rooms. Uh, you got like rock bands playing in one side or, or you know, people doing EDM or dance rehearsals, you know, concert rehearsals in there. 
Uh, and then private stocks, you know, just been there for a minute. Uh, started by, you know, my manager and his boy Jason and uh, his boy Lewis. They started it together, I think. Um, had, they've had people like, you know, Smoke Perp and Lil Pump in there, Chance the Rapper, Juice World, uh, a couple like, you know, notable people that have uh, recorded there. They got some great engineers. Uh, my boy Ignite, Max, um, my boy Icon. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it's, uh, to me at least, it's one of the studios you think about when you come out here to Chicago, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely, I feel like, you know, Classics is one of them. Private, yeah. Private Stock, Go Fort House. Knox. Yeah, Go House, I mean, uh, Envion, you know, there's there's a lot, man. <laughs> Chicago's got yeah. a lot of hidden ones, too. Uh, you heard of Jungle Lords? Like, have you been there? Uh, I haven't, but I heard of it, yeah. Yeah, bro, that spot, I think it's in Pilsen. That's like a on the shush spot, um, like two rooms. You know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. really small space, which I kind of fucked with because it's like when you, sometimes when you go to like the warehouse vibe studios and it's like, you know, you got like you know three rock bands and then like you know you got your EDM like that. You you nailed the description on the head of what it's like. Yeah, private stock. I'll tell you like. You walk in there and it's like you you hear like three different rock bands. They somehow like it sounds like one fucking song, and then you got <laughs> like real. you know uh, the EDM people walking. You know your fourth rooms down the hall. You hear that, and then you know you're back to rock, and then you get into where like the rap people are, and yeah. it's like you know somebody's trying to do like G Herbo shit across the hall, and then you know you finally get into your room, and it's like. It's crazy. So what are they they're redoing? You said the floors. Like, what was the... Do you know what the damage overall was like to the stew after, you know, the whole hey, space? Uh, so they were able to take all the equipment out, they told me. Uh, they just really had to redo all the flooring. They redid all the flooring in all the rooms. Uh, I think they're just putting all the equipment back, and it should be good to go. Do you know when you're going to be able to get back in there? Uh, I'm hoping next week. I've really been feeding for the studio. Uh, I haven't been in a minute, so hopefully next week I'll be back in there, you know, me and Sleepy, uh, cooking up, recording, all that. Yeah, so that's that's late July, that ain't bad. Um, that ain't too bad. Um, damn. What are some uh, things, let's kind of transition to when you got downtime. <laughs> um, you know, I know you're a shoe guy. Um I know you like sneakers. Um, you were telling me you're into art, um, which is super raw. Like, you know, who are some fa- – like like paint art, you know what I mean? Like sculpture art. Like is that some shit uh, you're still into? Not so music kind of took over. Like I used to love drawing, right? right. I never – I hated coloring. I hated all that. But I love drawing like with pen or like pencil. Uh I like doing like tattoo kind of looking stuff like you know i don't know how to describe like the black ink yeah stuff like that yeah Uh, i like doing stuff like that back in like seventh sixth grade um but once i started making beats i kind of just forgot all about that i used to love reading uh i used to like writing a lot like writing writing stories and stuff back in school i used to love that um but yeah music music really just took over everything when i was in high school like i did sports and stuff uh, I did football and wrestling, and like after, after school, I just make beats all day. <laughs> um, did you ever take sports that seriously, or no? No, it was it was more just because like all my homies did it, so I did it. 
wrestling was like my friend told me that the only reason the only way i could get because one of my coaches i felt like he hated me for some reason and he was like i'll only like you guys if you come to the wrestling team so i joined wrestling uh that was like the worst practice i've ever had in my life yeah wrestling's um, no <laughs> joke <laughs> yeah bro it, it was hard but i mean I, I met a lot of cool people i had a cool experience uh wrestling was fun it got me better at football a little bit um and then that was really – I never really took sports super serious. Yeah, because where I'm from, they would take your ass and they would say, yeah, you're playing guard. You know what I mean? They they, yeah. would, they would want you um, pads, you know what I mean, anchor-protected yep. cleats, get your ass on the on the line of scrimmage and, and chalk it up. So it, it's it's cool that you were able to just say, you know what? Nah, like I'm going to stick to what I want to do. Uh, and you know, you, right. know, you had all your homies doing that in school and everything. You just stuck to what you know, your own desires. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite sneaker models? Like not colorways, just like all right, I'm picking like three models here that are just truly favorites. Like where would you land? Um, man, uh, I always love shoes. I just if what well, you know back when I had like no job, it was so hard to get shoes all the time. You know, oh, yeah. so like now that I do have a job, I just want everything. Uh, yeah, I really, I really just got like my first two pairs of Dunks. Like those are cool. Uh, I like my Yeezys. I love Yeezys. Um, honestly, bro, just like I'm trying to think, probably like Jordan Fours, probably my favorite. They're they're like super comfortable. I like the bulky look to them. Mm. I have a lot of threes. I, fours are comfortable. Um, I had an issue where I was buying a size too big in Jordans for no reason. Like, I went to a finish line, and they were like, yeah, you need to be a 13 and shit. And I'm a 13 in Jordan 1s, but, like, I'm not a 13 in 4s, bro. Like, I have a pair of 13s, uh, like, a, a pair of 4s that are size 13, and they're so... Like, bro, they're, they're too bulky. And, you know, I'm a tall guy, bro. Like, I can pull off the bulky Jordan shit. Like, that doesn't bother me. But I just went to Boneyard, and they had the, you know, the Oreo Force from, like, 99. Yeah. And then they, like, they remastered them in, like, 15 or 16, whatever it was. That was, like, the first Jordan I ever got um, with, like, you know, job money or whatever, uh, like, on release day. And I, I was, like, I used to resell shoes, like, on the low, like, through Facebook groups and stuff. And I, I saw him sitting there in a 12, and I bought him, bro. Like, and then and then I was like, damn, okay, I'm a size 12. <laughs> like, all my shit fits way better as yeah. a 12 than as a 13. Um, so when you got the downtime, are you, like, you know, are you just kind of resting? Like, are you do you watch sports at all? Uh, man, downtime, I really just use it to, like, chill with my family That's or cool. chill out with, you know, with my homies. Uh, a couple of my boys, like, you know, my boy Darius, he, he went to college. So it's really just like, it sucks because like, he's like one of my closest friends. So it's really just, you know, I hang out with Sleepy or my boy Jeremy and Ruffy uh, or like my cousin uh, Julius. Those are like really like the only people I chill with after high school. I kind of like, I just stopped really, you know, fucking with a lot of people. I just, I don't know, everyone kind of moved funny to me. I feel like everyone kind of says that when they leave high school, but I didn't think it was for real. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like I got like my circle right now, and that's like it's really just what I try to do on my downtime is just hang out with my boys. That's cool, man. 
Yeah, man. I mean, you're definitely a genuine kid, bro. Uh, I shouldn't call you a kid. It makes you <laughs> that probably you probably feel degraded. Uh, young man. That's cool. Um, you know, you you definitely got a really, really, really bright future. Um, and for the Chicago for sure, Chicago producers, bro. They're uh, they gotta tune in and tap in if they haven't already. Um, bro, tell them where they can find your music. Uh, tell them, tell the listeners where they can follow you. Uh, where they can where they can see your shit. Uh yeah, so my Instagram is uh Nate Got Smoke. Um music. Just <laughs> some stuff's gonna drop soon. Uh, you can go stream me and Pirates the song. Uh it's called Pilot. Uh I did the second half on there. You can stream Sadade by me and Trippy. Um produced by me and D Major. Um but that's really it for music I got out right now. Alright, bro. Well, Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Culture Capture Spotlight podcast. Tune in next week for a new episode.